Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Wednesday, December the 30th, 2020. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. One more day left in 2020. Some may say, thank the Lord. But we still don't know what 2021 is going to bring because 2020 has been that year. All right. Today's word of the day is suffrage, which means the right to vote. I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas with all the fixings and loved ones around. Limited, of course. Well, it looks like the government finally approved the second stimulus package to help out with small businesses and Americans will be receiving a $600 check. Some have already found that lovely surprise in their checking accounts this morning. $600 versus $2,000, which was what President Trump was proposing. Hmm. A $2,000 check from the United States government. Did you guys really believe that Uncle Sam was going to give you $2,000? I mean, despite everything that's going on, it would be nice. But realistically, $2,000 to every, every American United States government? Uh, you really think Uncle Sam would bite the bullet on this one? I think not. I, I, I just don't. I mean, ultimately... Who do you think is going to be putting the bill for it? You and I, taxpayers. Somehow, some way, Uncle Sam always gets his money back. That's just the bottom line. Not being a prick. It's just the truth. Well, I am waiting with great anticipation for the game of the week. Well, my game of the week. The Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. I can't wait because I know the Chicago Bears are going to be victorious. Well, I can dream, can I? Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to be waiting for it. I hope they pull it out. I mean, past two or three weeks, they've been putting 40 points up on the board with old Mitch back in the game. Anything can happen. Maybe it'll be that moment in time where the Bears pull it off and shock the world. Okay, enough of that. Well, I'm sure by now everyone has heard of the uh, vaccine or vaccines that are out and about. And one of the things that has come up has been the distrust of African-Americans as it relates to the medical profession or science in general I mean you have two vaccines Pfizer versus Moderma but I think that the thing that stands out most is uh, for many Americans but a lot of them are still taking it is Pfizer has a has to be stored at a, such a low temperature however many degrees below zero 
Whereas Moderma really doesn't or does, but it doesn't need to be stored that much, I do believe, that low, I do believe. But the thing that has caught a lot of uh, uh, African-Americans and, and Americans in general is their trial studies included African-Americans. And the vaccine was, I don't want to say developed, but an African-American female helped in the development, I believe, which is, of course, outstanding. But as we all know throughout history, there's been a great distrust as it relates to African-Americans in medicine. Now, many may not know or may have forgotten. Now, some of you probably saying, well, why is there such a distrust? I mean, there's a global pandemic going on and, and they've developed a vaccine. Why aren't African-Americans taking it or willing to take it? I mean, for all intents and purposes, African-Americans and Latino Americans or, or what have you have been hit the hardest some of the highest numbers because of COVID as it relates to getting COVID and dying from COVID. It's hit the African-American community pretty hard. But where does the distrust come in? Well, you can go back through history and you'll find that one or two instances that stands out. One, the Tuskegee experiment. Then there's the case of Henrietta Leakes, who was a mother who's, I guess, somehow, some way, her cells got involved in cancer research without her knowledge or her family's knowledge. Hmm. That certainly can bring a level of distrust. But let's go back to the Tuskegee experiment because that to me was one of the most horrific and despicable acts that any human being, a group of human beings can do to anyone on this earth. I was a kid when I first heard about it. And even as a child, I was just disgusted. Now the Tuskegee experiment began in 1932 and lasted until sometime in the 1970s. That's 40 years. 40 years of a study where you infected African-American males with syphilis and left it untreated. So for 40 years, you let this disease stew and brew in another human being's body. As the case study goes, or as the study goes, there were 600 African-American males, 399 were given syphilis, and 201 were not. But at that time, in that particular area of Alabama, they were told that they were being treated for bad blood which was a local term used to describe certain ailments, I'm sorry, ailments, ailments, including syphilis, anemia, and fatigue. 
Well, of the 600, like I said, they left the disease stewing, didn't receive proper treatment. And they did, however, receive free medical exams, free meals, and burial insurance. How nice. That's, that's, that's a class act, I have to say. Well, the study was initially supposed to last for six months. However, it lasted for 40 years. Matter of fact, it lasted sometime. Well, it ended sometime after I was born. Uh, let's see, I was born in 1973. Or it may have ended right before I was born. But whatever the case... The story dropped in July of 1972. Somehow or another, somebody spilled the beans on what was going on, and I guess the government decided to appoint a special counsel. In fact, the Assistant Secretary for Health and Scientific Affairs appointed a special panel to review the study. Now, this panel included... Uh, Many, well, I guess a, a total of nine, actually, from the medical fields, law, religion, labor, education, health, administration, and public affairs. Huh. Well, they found out what was going on, and they, I guess they decided enough was enough. I mean, 40 years of research, you should know what syphilis can do to the body if left untreated. I would think, I mean, you, you should have enough research or enough information. I don't know why it would last 40 years. I, I guess convenience, poor, a lot of them were poor, sharecroppers, farmers, farmers, factory workers, uneducated. Who's going to keep tabs on them? pretty much how that scenario went well anyway the last study participant died in January of 2004 doesn't say whether uh, I, I guess the guy has syphilis or, or what have you doesn't really say but one can only well draw your own conclusions so 40 years of science gathering data and information and I, I, I would love to ask you know what information did you obtain was it worth it but that's not for me to ask I guess so that's one of the reasons there's a distrust in the African American community as it relates to medicine and science I mean, I guess if you use people as guinea pigs, yeah, then of course there is going to be not some distrust, but a whole lot of distrust. Then we can move along to Henrietta Lacks, who was an African-American female, 31 years of age, a mother of five. She was a farmer or sharecropper. 
I believe. She visited the Johns Hopkins Hopkins Hospital, complaining of vaginal bleeding. After an examination, it was discovered a large malignant tumor on her cervix. Now, you see, the John Johns Hopkins Hospital was one of the few hospitals that actually treated poor African-Americans during those times. Well, they, they, I guess they did what we call now a biopsy. And they went and studied. But the doctors were astonished at the rate her cancer cells reproduced. You know, most cancer cells, they say, die quickly. But Miss Lax doubled every 20 to 24 hours. So yeah, there was some astonishment. And that, I mean... I would if, if I was in a medical profession in it. And at that time, back in the 50s, you know, cancer was, I, I don't want to say relatively new, but there wasn't much of anything known about it. So yeah, if you, you could get someone and you can see there's a difference and possibly come up with a treatment or a cure or what have you, I, I would say, yeah, for the advancement of, of, of medicine and, and curing this this disease, which has, well, you know, by all means. However, the distrust came because, of course, they took the biopsy, but they didn't inform her of what they were doing. Didn't inform her family. Not only did they not inform them, they didn't give her any compensation or a family. Well, sometime later in that year, October of 1951, she passed. But her cells continued to be used to study the effects of toxins, drugs, hormones, and viruses on the growth of cancer cells. Once again, the family wasn't notified. They had no idea what was going on. Until 1973, something peculiar happened. They were the descendants were asked for DNA samples after they found out that the cells had been contaminated. The cancer cells were contaminated. The doctors and researchers found out the cancer cells were contaminated and they contaminated other samples as well. He have a multi-billion dollar industry that stands on the, the, the brink of failure or success. I mean, let's be honest. Because of that, they were able to develop a polio vaccine. They were able to do gene map mapping. Years later, AIDS research, cancer research. They were able to even develop a virtual fertilization, vitro fertilization. But let's get back to this DNA. So they, the doctors or, or researchers or what have you went to the family and said, hey, we need some more we need some DNA samples from you guys. And I, I can imagine they said, well, why do you need it from us? And then I guess they had no choice but to tell them what had happened and what they had been doing with their relatives' sales. But you know the old expression, all hell broke loose, and rightfully so, so it should have. I mean, every bit of hell should have came out. Another example of just total disregard for human life for the advancement of medicine and science and research. So there you that's 
two instances of why there's a great distrust in the African-American community as it relates to the medical profession. And it's oftentimes, let's just say questionable techniques and gathering data. So now you move ahead to 2020. COVID is here. There's a vaccine that's out. Two vaccines, actually. Uh, three, I believe. I believe the UK just approved a, a, another vaccine made by another company. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I'm sure by now you've heard of it. So what does the U.S. government do? Well, the U.S. government asks that the black church or African-American church, the clergy, the churches, they've asked for help from the HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities to encourage African-Americans to take the vaccine. Now, Pfizer, like I said earlier, they're, they're, they have a vaccine all as well, but some are kind of skeptical of that because of the way it's stored. It has to be stored at a, I guess you would say a below freezing or several, several degrees below freezing. So that raised a a red flag or or enhanced the skepticism, if you will. And then along comes the Moderma vaccine. But I I guess the only saving grace for them is the fact that they, when they did their case studies or what have you, I guess Pfizer didn't, they included African-Americans in the case study, which was a good idea. I think, hey, African-American community. And they also included Latinos. Those two, those two communities have been hit especially hard. They've been hammered, slammed, thrown around by COVID. So they were included in the study, the case studies, which I, I guess, according to them, they had favorable, favorable results with limited side effects and discomfort. Well, that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. At least you did have the courtesy to include African-Americans in this study. Unlike in previous times where it was just bend over and take it. Some cases, literally, I guess. But as for me and and these vaccines, as it looks right now, I, I know a lot of people that are on the front lines. They've already taken the vaccine. My wife, who's in the... Uh, medical profession she took hers the uh, other day a day or two ago I believe I believe it was on Monday she took hers no side effects no discomforts everything so far is going well which is great as it looks right now since I'm not in the medical profession I probably won't get the vaccine until sometime next year in 2021 I don't want to say that I'm hesitant fully to take the vaccine. I certainly understand the risk if I don't. But as for me, I would like to see more case studies to see what the side effects are. As an African-American male with pre-existing conditions, I would like to know, which I haven't really heard anything about. I would love to know what are the side effects or interactions with people that have diabetes 
or high blood pressure or what other what what other ailments they have are there long-term or short-term side effects that come along with any of these vaccines any three of them that's something i haven't heard haven't heard heard much rumbling about that it, 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 it almost seems like they said they said hey we got these vaccines come on out and take it uh can you tell me a little bit more about it please so I, I i don't know about that like i said i understand the risk if i don't as for now i'm still on the fence honestly and truthfully don't know And I understand wholeheartedly the distrust for the African-Americans and the medical profession and science. I mean, you would have to be a complete and utter rock or dunce to say, I don't understand. But at some point in time, the way this thing is going, I do believe we are going to have to get vaccinated. I mean, there's a new strand that popped up in Europe. Now I'm listening to the news this morning that said there's a strand of a, a the, the mysterious strand in Europe has somehow ended up in the United States with a gentleman that has never hasn't been to Europe, hasn't came in contact with anyone from Europe or that region or area, and he pops up with the strand. COVID is here. As I've always said, it's here, it's moving, it's not going anywhere. We're going to have to figure something out and figure something out quick because they're saying this new strand is more contagious. They did say it's more contagious, but it, I guess I, I, the death rate is still the same. So they're saying the morta- mortality rate is still the same, but it's just more contagious. There's not an increased risk of death with this new strand, but it's still here. So, like I said, at some point in time, I think whether we want to or not, or whether we care to or not, we're all going to have to get vaccinated. There's no way around it. I just, it just, it's just astonishing to me that this virus is moving this fast at this rate, and it's not showing any mercy to anyone. I know the numbers say African-Americans are hit hard, but it's hitting everybody. It does not discriminate. Then I turn on the news and I hear people still complaining about wearing masks and social distancing. They want to go here. They want to go there. They can't. Well, the numbers are back up and they're back up for a reason. Because of the same things a lot of people are griping about. They went out and did and now the numbers are up again. Anywho, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> All I can say is we, as adults, have a obligation, whether it be moral or what have you, we have an obligation to do what's right. And I don't think bucking up against the system, running around without a mask, and when you're asked to put do you, well when you're asked do you have a mask or, or, or could you put a mask on, you fly off the handle 
Because realistically, the ones you're flying off the handle at are just regular, everyday people that are just trying to make a living. And you're getting in a full, all-out debate, ready to fight, in some instances, fight. Because some lowly retail or restaurant or transportation worker ask you to put on a mask. Hmm. I honestly can't see how being asked to wear a mask is somehow infringing on your rights. Realistically, I, I just don't see it. But who am I? If it's in your head, it's in your head. I just ask that you stay away from me and minds. Keep your distance. I don't want to hear your soliloquy. I don't want to hear your passionate soapbox speech about your rights. Keep it to yourself or your buddies that you that feel the same way you do. The long short of it is COVID is here. It's not going anywhere. Simple and plain. Well, that's going to be it for me today. I would encourage everyone to uh, continue supporting. Thank you for lending me your ears this morning. This wasn't too bad of a gripe session, I think. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback, good and bad. I won't bite physically anyway. I might verbally. But uh, follow me on Anchor. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, and Pocket Cast. And as always, thank you all once again for lending me your ears. This has been Stephen Cornegay, for this is just a thought. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Today is Monday, November the 30th, 2020. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is ambient. Existing or present on all sides. Well, I won't keep you too long this morning. I just wanted to speak to you on a couple of things that I observed the latter part of last week and this weekend. First of all, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, spending time with family if you could. We've made it to another one. Despite the year we're having, 2020 has indeed carried us all on a ride thus far. But despite COVID-19 and all the restrictions and mandates, we are still here. No matter how you feel about the time, we are still blessed. I mean, for some, it may not feel like it. Some have lost loved ones, jobs, marriages, and it's understandable. The emotions most are feeling right now, but you have to stop and think. You're still here. 
You have to believe, despite it all, it will get better. You will survive. And I must admit, I too have gotten down. I mean, for me personally, it was the uncertainty of what was going to happen. Maybe I would lose my job or even get sick. I mean, I I work in retail and truthfully don't know who I come in contact with on a daily basis or who they've come in contact with. The uncertainty can really weigh on you after a while. But, anywho, like I said, we're still here. We're blessed. We are indeed all blessed. Well, let's move along. Uh, You know, Saturday night... Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fought. How far out there is that? Well, you know, some say Mike won, some say Roy, but most say they both look like two old men trying to slug it out. Hey, whatever your opinion, I got to say it was good to see two legends back in the ring and in their right state of mind, if you can say that. And from what I saw, hey, Mike still has that power. I wouldn't even consider stepping in the ring against that man. So, hats off to Roy Jones Jr. And if you're wondering who won it, it was a draw. Hmm. Yeah, well, gotta say I'm surprised at that one. I figured Mike would just knock him out, but hey, you're in your 50s and Like you said, you haven't been in the ring for 15 years or so. I guess, hey, you got to take things slow. Got to crawl before you walk. I get it. Well, moving on. You know, this morning I was scrolling my social media feed and I stumbled on a video of a restaurant owner giving a lecture to some young ladies. Apparently, these young ladies decided to twerk or dance right in the middle of the dining area, I guess, I I don't know, and he lost it, rightfully so, come on now, I support anyone's right to do what they feel, but there is a time and a place for everything, and a restaurant ain't it, I mean a bar, a club, or a strip club, yes, We all know the purpose of those establishments and coming right out the gate. I mean, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I was always taught a restaurant was for eating. I also was taught at an early age that what was expected of me as a young man and more importantly, as a human being first. There is just some things you don't do in public and there is just some things you do in private. I know, I know, I know. We live and operate in a different society now. I mean, that last comment might be considered what, uh, hateful. I believe now the term that they're trying to use for not signifying what one gender does or doesn't do or how they should act or behave is gender neutral okay got it got it 
but come on. To be out in public, to just start shaking your tail feather and screaming, hey, 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 hey. What in the world? Or what makes people, what would make you do that? I, I just don't understand how you, you could feel comfortable being out in public in a setting outside of a dance club or club but anywhere because I've seen it personally myself like I said I work in retail so I could be inside the store working and and, and turn around and, and, and there somebody is twerking so my question or my thought is what goes through your mind what in your mental capacity says this is okay I can just start shaking my my ass okay I can start shaking my ass anywhere I want to and, and if you don't like it tough whatever no 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 sorry that is not appropriate that is not what is meant by your or, or that is not what is meant by free expression I'm sorry it's just not, it's just not that's not free expression in my humble opinion and simple mind it's degrading yourself I'm not even gonna get into the debate about the race or the gender you as a human being are degrading yourself now you do have that right you may say I don't care what other people think or say about me but also, I have that right to not even pay you any mind. I'm not ed, ed you on like most people do. That's just me. I know some may say that's old fashioned. You need to come into the new millennium. Well, I'll stay back, I guess. Because there's nothing entertaining about seeing a young lady in a public setting shaking her ass and saying hey 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 like she has direct syndrome or something there's nothing appealing about that I'm sorry and what's even more not appealing is when I see older females doing it oh my lord that's <laughs> that's a topic for another day I won't get into it but moving along I, I gotta also address cause something when I, when I saw this video something popped in my mind the males I'm not going to leave you guys out either. The males. I mean, how many times have you been somewhere and or, or just walking or riding down the street and you look and there's a guy's whole underwear showing because he has his pants down. Has them down so far, literally when he walks, he waddles like a duck. Now again, I may be old-fashioned, and and I honestly don't understand that style or swag or, or fashion, however you want to say it. I just don't understand it. I can't grasp the concept of you as a able-bodied male with all your mental capacity about you would say it's okay. I feel fine with walking around showing everyone my underwear. And the kicker on the other side of that is some of your underwears aren't clean. Yeah, I said it. 
Yeah, some of you, you don't have on clean draws, homie. I mean, if you, I don't want to say if you're going to do it, but if you're going to do that, have on clean underwear. You've already disrespected yourself as a human being, not as a, I'm not going to get into the debate once again about the male or the race or the gender. or what. You've already disrespected yourself as a human being coming out the gate by coming out the house your pants hanging off your ass and showing your drawers I think we've advanced far enough and we know now where that style truthfully comes from for those who may not know or may not have heard the myth, the rumor the legend is it started during slavery what was called buck breaking and homosexual act where they then made the males walk around with their pants hanging down or if, if, if you don't subscribe to that you can come further down through history in the prison system where it's a known fact that after they once again had a homosexual act they would walk around like this now I'm not trying to degrade anyone. I'm I'm really not. But it's just mind-boggling to me that you, as a human being, I can see a a kid emulating or imitating that style because they may not know better. I really can see a child, and and he needs to be he he needs to be told by someone. But a grown man walking out the house with his pants hanging down showing his underwear and waddling down the street hmm I don't know something just doesn't seem right about that old fashioned or or lack of swag or lack lack of fashion apparel whatever you want to call it that's just me it seems a bit off maybe you have a mental block hey that's your problem but to expose yourself in that way and then have the audacity to talk about respect. Who do you want respect from? Where do you think you're going to get respect from? No human being is going to respect any human being that walks around and degrades themselves like that. That's degrading. It's not fashionable. I'm sorry, especially if you know where it comes from. And hey, if you're advertising that, um, okay. But it's just not for me. I'm not trying to degrade you once again. I don't mean to insult anyone, but it's not for me. It's just, it's just mind blowing. The things that I see people doing now. And it's acceptable it's normal but when you say something in in the opposing view or or an opposing aspect of it you're looked at as an outcast you're looked at as someone who's stirring up trouble like I said I get the fact that everybody has a right for free expression 
but don't expect everyone to tag along with you and, and, and root your own and give you a hoorah and a pat on the back and saying it's okay because it's not it's just not I'm sorry there are certain things and, and, and certain things that we're supposed to pick up in life as we get older I can understand the young generation because hey I was once young I, I used to walk around with these big baggy oversized two sizes large jeans and t-shirts yeah and big boots Timberland boots yeah I did I did I, I really did yeah that was my, that was my attire at a certain point in time in my life but when I got older kind of moved away from that so I can understand that the, the young kids is, is their fashion it's their thing but <clears throat> excuse me for me to see older people people my age maybe a little younger maybe a little older but for me to see them doing it it kind of just makes me wonder well it brings me to the realization that that's where the kids are getting it from. Because the elders that are supposed to lead and show and instill aren't doing it because they themselves are still out and about. Let's just say that. I won't say it the harsh way. Let's just say they're still out and about. So how can these young ones get to a certain point and stage in their life and say, you know what? All right, let me switch it up. They're not. They can't. Because they still see those that are older than them that are still doing it. So they say, hey, why not stop? It must be right. Sounds crazy, I know, but you are a reflection of your environment. You are what you, well, you become what you see while you're growing up. Just like for me, when I was growing up, I would see men and women that would go out in the, and, and they worked. I mean, they worked. They worked all week. But on the weekends, Friday or Saturday night, when they stepped out, they stepped out. They were dressed to a T. All oh, nice dresses, heels, hair done, guys, suits, dress shoes, ties, Watches, hats, brims, whatever you want to call it. When they stepped out, they stepped out. Yes, they worked all week, but when they stepped out, they stepped out. And when they went to church, it didn't get no better. So I saw that growing up as a child. So now that I'm at that age or I'm, I'm in that, that, that age range that, hey, that's what I've switched to. I, I got rid of the baggy jeans, Tim, Bo- Tim boots. And t-shirts. And I switched over. I grew. It's called growth. But how can you have growth if those that are around you don't have growth? Hmm. Who knows? Maybe some, hey, something to click. There is supposed to be something that clicks in your mind at some point in time in your life when you reach a certain age or or you get to a certain 
point in your life that it says, okay, this is childish. Let me put this aside. This makes no sense whatsoever. I don't see that happening in a lot of instances now. And it's pretty disheartening. But, hey, like I said, I'm not trying to degrade anyone. I just find it odd and off. And I think that restaurant owner was dead on when he let them have it right in the middle of that dining area in front of everyone. They came in and disrespected his establishment. It is a business. It is not a playground. It is not a club. It was a restaurant. People were sitting eating and you decided to just hey 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 you know one time I can remember I was sitting in a restaurant and, and, and a lot of restaurants I know a lot of people know that some restaurants you go into the tables are so close and when people come in you can literally see and they can look and see what you're eating I'm sitting there eating the guy walks in with his pants hanging off his ass and the Waitress, of course, she brings them right by my table. So I look up and all I see is man draws in my face. I'm sorry, fashion or no fashion, young or no young, that's totally disrespectful as a human being that you would go out into a public establishment and present yourself like that. So don't feed me the the little old fashioned spill. I I'm not accepting it. I don't buy into it. Just don't. Well, that's it for me. Like I said, there was a few things this weekend that kind of struck a nerve or, or sparked my interest, I guess you could say. That's all for me for today. I would like to thank each and every one of you for lending me your ears once again this morning. Continue to support, whether it be liking, sharing, offering feedback, or monetary. You know, you can offer a voice recording on the Anchor app. I would love to hear your voices. Whether it's good or bad, I'm fine. Pretty thick skin. I can take it. I don't bite. Not physically, maybe verbally. But... As always, follow me on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, or Pocket Casts. And I want to thank you all once again. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, December the 10th, 2020, 15 days until Christmas. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Like always, we have a lot going on in the world around us, whether it affects you directly or indirectly, the decision it's totally up to you, to an extent anyway. 
All right, uh, COVID-19 vaccines may be coming, still waiting approval, but chances are they are, it is going to be approved. And I believe one, I don't want to say prediction or one go ahead that I've gotten is that here in the uh, lovely state of North Carolina, more specifically here in Durham, North Carolina, they may possibly start the vaccination process as early as next week, Tuesday. And lawmakers have given themselves until December the 18th to move forward with a COVID-19 relief bill or possibly face a government shutdown or showdown. However you want to say it, it's all politics, whether you're Democrat or Republican or Independent or whatever. I wouldn't put too much into, I mean one side being for you, the other side being against you. It's just politics. It's just what they do. But I really think it's sad now more than ever in this country where we have a lot of people hurting and have had a lot of people hurting that can't go to work or have totally lost their jobs. Pardon my French, but they're now involved in a pissing contest and playing footsies totally unacceptable well on to a lighter note if you can say that at least for me anyway my lovely 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 Chicago Bears continue to lose what a surprise can't give you an answer as to why they're losing there's really there really isn't one Hell, if you want to see it, watch a game. Maybe you can figure it out because I just can't. But there is a well, something odd happened yesterday, I believe. Actually, the Dallas Cowboys game versus the San Francisco 49ers has been snatched from the televised spotlight, and that most definitely has put the Dallas Cowboys in a awkward and unfamiliar space I mean I've always I mean I've always known that there would be a Cowboys game on but apparently they are so bad this year that they've been snatched and the game has been replaced by the New York Giants and the Cleveland Browns huh so are we to believe that the New York the New York Giants are now the king of the NFC East? Huh, that's that's awkward to say the least. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just had to get off on that one there. That was kind of it's kind of funny to me. I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I know there's a few of them out there that's probably gonna give it to me, but oh well. I mean, hey, what can I say? The Chicago Bears are losing and they're losing horribly. At one point in time, they were top of the NFC North. Now, I believe they're second to last behind the Detroit Lions. That's some interesting company right there. But moving on, moving on, moving on. You know, like I said, I, I try to start every morning off with reading that not only relaxes me, but it helps to get me in a different headspace. 
and one of the things that, that I was reading this morning was the uptick in uh, shootings, gun violence here in Durham, North Carolina. I mean, to be honest, it's like that all over the country and in a lot of the cities. But at one point in time, it used to be the major cities. Now you have, it's been happening for a while, but here, you know, Durham was once thought of this little small country, southern town. But now the, the, the shootings have, have just skyrocketed. I mean, I don't want to say that skyrocketed, but it's just like you can turn on the TV and if not every day, every other day, there's a shooting. In fact, so they're saying the shootings are, are up, but the homicides are slightly down this year. If you can make that comparison, uh, I don't know. But that what they're saying is the non-domestic firearm assaults or non-fatal shootings are up to 44% compared to last year. And if you wanted to go deeper, a 26% uptick compared to the previous five-year average. And as of November the 28th, 291 people have been shot this year. That's up from 179 last year. That's 112 more shot, according to the Durham Police Department. And so far... 28 people have been killed. But the one thing that stuck out most to me, the the one statistic, the one group of numbers that just totally threw me off my kill this morning was that of the 46 shot, they were 17 years of age or younger. Or the out of 14 of those that were shot, they were 15 years of age or younger. Let me say that again. Out of 46 of those that were shot, they were 17 years or younger. Out of 14 that were shot, they were 15 years or younger. Now, man, Between the ages of 15 and 17, what was I doing? Not this. I I just, no, I wasn't wasn't into that type of of lifestyle, that that young of age. And and I got to, I ask myself this a lot. What happened? Where did it become fashionable or or I don't even want to say fashionable but where did things go wrong that kids between the ages of 15 and 17 years of age some younger are getting involved in shootings either they're being shot or they're the ones that are doing the shooting I would love to see those numbers it's just mind-boggling to me. What happened? Where did where did things go wrong? Because I can honestly tell you, like I said, at fifteen between the ages of fifteen and seventeen, I was nowhere near this. 
and I, I know some of, and, and, and rightfully so, there are a lot of social ills that contribute to this. I mean, I, I know there's some that say that uh, you have single parent households, father's not in the picture. Uh, some kids, honestly, you would be surprised. I've seen it myself. Some kids are really and truly raising themselves. They don't have a family structure anywhere. So yeah, they they will and they do gravitate gravitate towards gangs or what have you. And and that's completely understandable. But it shouldn't be acceptable. And I'm not trying to, to browbeat anyone because most definitely we all have our own unique set of circumstances and, and how life rolls for us. I, I never browbeat anyone. But to have numbers like that between the ages of 15 and 17 years of age, they, they've gotten shot. all you can hear or see is finger pointing at this point in time for me personally I don't want to hear any of it anymore I, I just I just don't because I guess there's a there's a side of me that thinks back to my teenage years and the things I, I was born I didn't have a father either in fact my father told me to my face I wasn't his. Didn't have a father. Single mother. You know, many of the, the same social ills that, that are going on now we we had back then. And yes, you did have those that, that went off the straight and narrow and went a different path. But something has to be really wrong now to read read these numbers and to to hear of of, of a 17 or or 18 year old or or younger being shot or being killed and I just don't know how much longer we can continue this blame game or continue to cite all of the, the, the social ills and and norms that are acceptable when they shouldn't be. Now, I'll give you the fact that, that there are some instances where kids that age may be caught up in something that they really don't understand. don't care to understand because of their environment. I, I understand the, the, the plight of, of those in gangs. A lot of, I've heard a lot of say that, you know, I didn't have a choice. It, it was either join a gang or, or be jumped or, or maybe even killed. I understand that. It's sad. It, it really is. It's so sad and disheartening to think that that's what our youth have become but where does the blame 
risks. Well, I won't get into that. But let me get into uh, <laughs> let me get into something that that I did find find uh, quite interesting. Like I said, one of the uh, like I said every morning I try to read. One of the things that that also as I continue to read this article that that stuck out to me was how and and and, and I will give it some validity. There there is a, it is a very valid point as one of the social ills that possibly contributed to the decline of, of us I say of, of us as African American males and how we look or view life apparently there was uh, when I first came to Durham in, in 1997 I uh, heard the story of and, and, and I read in a newspaper also of a gentleman that uh, that had made a homicide memorial quilt. This was in 1997. Now we're in 2020, so that's 20 some odd years later. This quilt is now 60 foot long. A homicide memorial quilt for those that have lost their lives to uh, violence. Gun violence, I guess. I mean, That's, that's, that's 60 foot long and it's probably sad to say but realistically it's going to get longer we only have a few months left a few weeks sorry a few weeks left in the year and it seems like every day or every other day you turn on the TV there's a shooting it's probably going to get longer that's pretty sad but one of the things that came up was um Urban renewal. I mean, more specifically here in Durham, because uh, when I came to Durham I, and I got employed, I was on a different side of town. But when I, I transferred from one store to the, the other, I went to uh, what is called the South Side of Durham. And the thing about the South Side of Durham, for those who don't know, is. Um, there was once a thriving African-American community called, uh, it's now called Historic Haytai or the Haytai community. What was so astonishing about it was it was African-Americans that built commerce, not only commerce, they, they built a thriving economic force that others had to take notice of. It couldn't be denied. You had a bank or several banks. One of the banks you had was uh, Mechanics and Farmers, which is one of the one of the oldest banks in North Carolina, well, oldest black banks in North and in, in not just North Carolina but the United States as well. Then you had uh, I believe it was North Carolina Mutual Insurance Company, which is the oldest black insurance company in the United States. And you also had. Uh, years later or sometime later you had uh, what is now known as North Carolina Central University, a historically black college and you had African Americans, male and females that were thriving entrepreneurs they had businesses hotels stores, drugstores bakeries 
is beach shops, butcher shops, whatever, whatever you call it. It was a thriving community that couldn't be denied, and it caught the attention of of the likes of uh, uh, W. Du Bois, uh, Booker T. Washington. Others came to see this city. Now, as I said earlier, some believe that urban renewal started the process of, of the decline of this side of town. Now, it, it didn't just happen here in Durham. Urban renewal took place all over the United States. And there are many stories and instances where it has been proven that that part of this, this aspect of urban renewal, it really didn't help the African-Americans. It, it, and many people have said it just put a final nail in their coffin because some or, or most couldn't rebuild from that. Here in, in, in Durham, on this side of town, what they did, they ran a highway. It's like they, they've done it everywhere, in a lot of places. They ran a highway, a freeway, freeway, uh, I believe it's 147. They ran a freeway through this side of town and, and for, for, for what some have said, it destroyed some 4,000 homes and 500 businesses. It cut off uh, this side of town from the, another side of town that all the money and resources were dumped into and it left the south side depleted and desolate. Now, also along that time between the 1960s and 70s, there was the um, introduction of housing projects. Now, later in years, there's a second phase of urban renewal, which I don't know, many people probably didn't catch it, but... In the second phase of urban renewal, some 50 years later, because there was a second phase, they started to tear down the projects. Well, they tore one down here in Durham. It was Fayetteville Street Projects. Uh, now it's called Fayette Place. They tore the projects down, but they didn't build anything. In fact, the Durham Housing Authority ended up selling the land to a developer in 2007. The developer with the promise that he was going to build apartments on on the land. Well, move ahead 10 years to 2017, Durham Housing Authority had to buy the property back. Waste of money. Waste of resources. And just maybe a waste of time. Because now you have here in 2020, you have easily 20 acres, 20 acres plus of land just sitting there. You still have the cement slabs from where the apartments or housing projects once stood on. You have stairs that are still there, overgrown with grass. So yes, it was a colossal waste of time and money. So many in the community feel as though that too has played a role in how possibly the youth look at their community and their surroundings and more importantly, their lives. I mean, if you if, if you 
remember back to when you were growing up, as I do, you, you can remember there being a sense of, of, of community awareness, and not just community awareness, but how you were to act and interact with people as human beings. You were supposed to care about them, help them when they were down and out, lend your service any way you could or whatever you had. It didn't necessarily have to be money. It could be an ear when they needed to talk. Now you come to this point in time now as a, a youth, I ask, what was I doing between 15 and 17 like the kids now? Truthfully, they don't have that luxury that I had or you had at that age. Now, because they're looking at a lot of things and and they're seeing within their own their own communities and families that there now is a feeling of they're not cared for or wanted. Like I said, you have 20 acres of, of land just sitting there with a fence around it, overgrown by grass with concrete slabs everywhere. Can you imagine how a 15-year-old that's quite possibly thinking, hey, I'm, I'm, in a few more years, I'm going to really go out into the world. And they step outside their door and they see that. Or they step outside their door and, and they see somebody they grew up with laying in the street, shot, dead. And between those ages at 15 and 17, I tell you, my mind was nowhere near that. And I just cringe. And I pray for these kids now because the mindset of it's not my problem. They're all this and that or whatever. No, 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 no. Now I'm nobody's crutch, but I do have empathy for any and everyone. So there's no way in the world you can tell me that. I don't care how bad it's gotten in this world that at 15 or 17 or younger that you should be dealing with that. This Is this what we've become? Am I to believe that? No, I think not. It's just astonishing to me that not only is this going on here, but it's going on in so many cities across this country and nobody's literally doing anything about it. They're just moving about like, oh, well, not my problem. And, and I think that's 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 a sad commentary to who we are as human beings. That we can just turn on the TV or just walk by someone in the streets with no regard, so cavalier, and say, it's not my problem. I'm not going to worry about it. Let somebody else figure it out. Now, the city council here. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say anything negative. I'm going to try not to say anything negative. City council here, some months ago, the uh, police chief came to the city council and said, you know, I need some help. We have a problem. We have a huge problem. We have a huge gang problem. And pretty much she was saying we're outmanned 
and we're out done. And I and she requested, I think it was 18 more officers and some more equipment and things. City Council said flat out no. Nope. We're going to allocate the money elsewhere. We're going to put them into programs to uh, where we choose de-escalation versus policing. And I can see that because I, I too believe that there are too many instances where it is just too much policing and how they, I won't say too much policing, but how police interacted, interact with people because they do, when, you, when, when sometimes it's almost a feeling of they already have a mindset and, and that's what they're coming to do. They're not coming to, uh, let's just say, break bread with you. And, and that's just being honest. So I can see the, the, the need for uh, a retraining of policing practices. But I don't know about the actual defunding. I think the moving of of funds to the point where you have a, a, a police officer coming to tell you, hey, we have a problem, and you know the problem because just like I pull the numbers up, just like I sit and watch the news or I read the newspaper, you do also. And there's only so much of a de-escalation you can do when you allow a problem to fester for so long when you just turn a blind eye. And, and that's honestly, in my opinion, that's what has happened here. I don't know how, how it is in other places, but that's just what happened here. Everyone pretty much turned a blind eye to these kids. And now these kids are wide open, like the old folks used to say, they're wide open. They don't care. And why should they care? You've ignored them for so long. you just completely ignore them. So now they are raising their own selves, doing their own thing, and raising hell and wreaking havoc. Now your answer is one part wants to defund, the other one wants to put more boots on the ground. So who's right? Also, the police chief asked for uh, a system. I don't know if it's a surveillance system or something called a shot spotter. Where if, wherever there's a there's been a shooting or, or, or gunshots, somehow or another, this satellite, I think, can miraculously horn into where it's at. City council rejected that. I, I kind of get that too, also. Uh... I don't want to say, no, I'm going to say it. Hey, don't need one more tool to horn in and stereotype African-Americans because, hey, 
if I was a police officer and and you and with this what is it shot shooter shooter shot whatever the hell it is and and they told me it was th- at this specific location when I got there chances are whoever was out everybody's a suspect so I get <laughs> I get the premise that yeah you might not want that not unless you train and not unless you can be more accurate than just saying it's in a general facility or a vicinity I'm sorry general vicinity and, and yeah I can see why that was scrapped but what's astonishing is also a few months ago there was an uptick of um, violence and shootings at North Carolina Central University once again on the south side so some students or student and the chancellor went to the city council and said hey this is going on around we need more police presence and what about that shot spotter system and again they were rejected so Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, January the 7th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Happy New Year to you all. I hope everyone had a wonderful and blessed new year and will continue to have a wonderful and blessed new year. All right. Today's word of the day is devious, which means trickery or deceptive. Hmm. Okay. You know, about a a week or so ago, I aired a podcast titled Vaccines and the Distrust of African Americans. Well, I have a follow-up and also uh, some exciting news. If you listen, you will remember the story of Henrietta Lacks, who was an African American female. Sometime around 1951, she went to Johns Hopkins Hospital for to get checked up, checked, to get a checkup. Or, or to see what was going on with her. She was having some bleeding and discomfort. Well, later on, they found out that she had a form of cancer. But the gist of it was that they took a cell sample or a sample from her without her knowledge. And that sample throughout the years has been an integral part of cancer research, AIDS research, polio vaccine, like I stated in the uh, podcast. But somehow in between that, they they found out, of course, her ancestors sometime later, what was going on. Well, Miss Lax is known as the mother of modern medicine because of this just erroneous behavior by the medical profession and science in general. But however, sometime in December, 
I think it was mid-December. State Representative Kwasi Mafume, and I hope I'm I'm saying his name correctly. I don't mean to butcher anyone's name. However, he's from Maryland's seventh district, seventh district, introduced the bill, introduced a bill that was originally introduced by the late Representative Elijah Cummings in March of 2019. Well, you may be asking, why is this so important? Well, now more than ever, obviously, because of vaccines. Here's a stat that, that I also found interesting, and I'm going to get back to the to the gist of this, this update, if you will. The American Cancer Society has, has a stat that says that one in five clinical trials fail due to low enrollment of minorities. Well, this legislation that was introduced and passed called the Henrietta Lacks Enhancing Cancer Research Act orders the U.S. Government Accountability Office to investigate actions across federal agencies to address barriers into the participation of underrepresented Americans in federal-funded cancer clinical trials. In fact, the bill requires the Government Accountability Office to provide policy options to deal with these disparities and create more racially inclusive and government-sponsored supported trials. How about that? So that is a step in the right direction. I mean, you know, just like that, that elephant, you got to eat it one bite at a time. And, and I think that's just outstanding that they're going to, they have something in place that, that, that is going to somehow, some way make more African-Americans feel as though they are a, pro- a part of this process of these clinical trials that one time or another we were left out, if you can say that weren't thought of. So I, I think it's outstanding and, and kudos to the to those uh state representatives from Maryland that, that put this into action after the years and years and decades that went by with little or no remorse or regard or acknowledgement as to what had happened. So hats off. Well moving along my Chicago Bears made it to the playoffs, if you could call it that. It's a wild card game. They're going to be playing the New Orleans Saints. Oh, this is as a result, or or I should say, because of the Los Angeles Rams. That's how the Bears got into the playoffs. They lost. Wait a minute. Are the Rams back in LA or in the are they in St. Louis? I can't remember. I think they're back in L.A. Hell, the Raiders are in Las Vegas. That totally threw me. That just seems awkward. I'm just going to be honest with you. But who am I to say, hey, I hope the Bears pull it off. Like I said before, stranger things have happened. But you never know which Chicago Bears team is going to show up. So you just have to sit back and watch and enjoy the ride, I guess. Okay. Moving on, let's... 
address the elephant in the room. I'm sure we all by now, I shouldn't even say by now, I'm sure we, I'm sure we all know what happened yesterday. January the 6th, 2021. 14 days before the turnover of power in the U.S. government. What should have been a procedural policy, you know, like tying your shoes. An act that was supposed to, that, that should have been procedural was turned into a complete and utter disregard disrespect for democracy the storming of the capital i can't even it still boggles my mind i mean i was at work i got word of it via social media so i, I mean when 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 this this alert went off if you could say that like most I'm sure uh, I went to the, the social media feed and I, I I saw, I guess that was the beginning of the protest. I had no idea that uh, the president had held a, a uh, that gave a speech. And many say that was a outright call or rally cry to start the process or start the storming of the Capitol. Well, whatever the case may be, they marched down the street. And from what I can tell, they literally marched down the street and literally just walked into the Capitol. Some would say they didn't walk, but it kind of looked like they were just, they had free will. So just, most people say they were surprised. I wasn't surprised. I, I really wasn't. But anyway, now I can remember some four years ago for the, for those that are saying that this was a Republican thing, and, and I'm not advocating for Republican or Democrats. Uh, I'm not that person. I don't give rally cries. I don't support any one group. But I can remember some four years ago when the then president elect Donald Trump was about to take office and civil unrest reared its head again. Most have forgot, have forgotten, I should say, about Seattle, Washington. I can remember when when, when the then president elect Donald Trump was had won the election and, and, you know, they were going through the process and he was about to take office. Civil unrest came about or it was a continuation from um, the latter part of the Obama years. I mean, I don't know if any of you remember Occupy Wall Street. I do. I can remember they for some strange reason, they, they, they did the Occupy Wall Street and then they left New York and they ended up on the West Coast in Seattle, Washington. And when Trump, when it was announced that Trump was going to be the president or was the president-elect, civil unrest just exploded. Not just there, but, you know, in other parts of the country also. But Seattle, Washington, 
it exploded. And, and if I'm not mistaken, it seems like they there. I can remember there being something said or, or there was a group that took over the city or a certain part of the city and and blocked it off, barricaded it off to the point that the police couldn't get down the street or, or no one could. Not even those who live there or the merchants that work there or the employees or the owners of those businesses, they were cut off. So I, I the better part of four years, four years, President Trump has spent trying to uh, get him out. I don't know if it, it, I can't remember if, if it ever happened, but I, I can I can swear I heard something about it some months ago when he was saying, hey, let me send in some the National Guard and, and get those groups out of there. And the mayor and governor both said, no, we don't need your help. Don't want your help. So I guess the city is that part of the city is still under under siege. So, you know, like I said, Trump has spent the better part of four years trying to oust them. But to no avail. I say all that to say that you can't convince me that this is just horned in on one political party. Because, like I said, as I remember it, the protests or civil unrest four years ago was because of Donald Trump being elected president. And that came from what they they termed anarchist or democratic socialist. Uh, somebody even once said that they were uh, Bernie Sanders boys. I can remember that. And then yesterday you have Donald Trump supporters marching down the street in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, and storming, storming the U.S. Capitol. Not only did they storm the U.S. Capitol, they, of course, I guess when you storm, of course, you have to go through and tear up. They breached the floor or, or, or the halls where they were in the process of counting the electoral college votes. What was really supposed to be a procedural act? Not only did they disrupt that process, they went into some of the offices, broke in, broke into some of the offices. Somebody left a note to uh, the speaker, what, Nancy Pelosi. Somebody left a note. We will not. I, I think the note said we will not be moved. Uh, pretty much we will not be moved. We will not be deterred. We're not going anywhere. I get the premise that you're not happy with what happened during the election and you're not happy with what's going on in the country. I clearly get that. I understand that. I embrace that. I embrace your right to do that because it is your right. You know, it's not just your constitutional right. It's your God given right to say yay or nay. I support or I don't support. So I get that. But when you go on a tantrum like what I saw yesterday, and I even said it with Black Lives Matter, that that all the protests that were going on this summer. I, I get it. I understand it completely. I also get the fact that you may feel that you have to get the elected officials attention. But to do that. At this point in time, when. Truthfully. It's a done deal at this point. Everyone knows that. 
I don't see how you can you can say somehow, some way you figure that if you do what what happened yesterday, it's going to stop the pro process. It's, it, it, it didn't stop anything. It just slowed it up. I believe they finally counted all of the, the electoral college ballots or, or votes at three. I believe they said they they finished at three forty five this morning. You didn't stop it. You just slowed it down. So what was gained? And now they're saying four people were, one woman was killed, four were, I think they said, what, four, five were killed, five people were killed? What, what did you gain? I understand what you were trying to gain, but you didn't gain anything. You lost. And not only did you lose, but you made the whole process, this whole democratic process that you supposedly up, uphold and, and, and want to uphold for as the backbone of your cause or movement, you completely dis disrupted it. You didn't destroy it. You just disrupted the process. You made the United States look like a third world country. These are things are images that we are accustomed to seeing in foreign lands, far off countries. You, you just don't see that happening in the United States. And yesterday we did. It was an embarrassment. I'm just going to be honest and blunt with you. It was a, a total embarrassment. What I saw yesterday, in my opinion, what's the difference between those yesterday and those from four years ago? Nothing. I just saw a bunch of grown-ups that couldn't get their way or felt they hadn't got their way and just threw a temper tantrum, like kids in a sandbox fighting over one toy when there's 30 others outside the sandbox that you can easily, easily step out, grab you one, and step back in. That's what I saw. I saw a bunch of grown folks acting like little kids. That's one aspect. And the other aspect of it, what's the, what was the, what's the difference between those yesterday and what we term on the streets as gangbangers? What's the difference between those Trump supporters and gangbangers? Nothing but race. One's white, one's black. A thug is a thug. Gang members are gang members. I don't want to hear anything about your little political stance or what you're fighting for, or what you think you're fighting for, because at the end of the day, you just made a mockery of it and made yourselves look foolish. It was a total and utter embarrassment. I never would have imagined in my 47 years upon this earth that I would have actually seen what I saw yesterday. And like I said, I, I don't do the little political thing where I'm on one side versus the other. What I saw yesterday was just utter disrespectful as a human being, as an adult. I'm sure you could find or we could find a better way to get our points across than that. And to push those officers or, or Capitol Police to the point that they would have to kill someone. That's totally uncalled for. 
I don't I don't I don't care anything about, you know, you, you feel the election was rigged or the election was stolen from you. Get over it. It's done. It's been done. Nothing's going to change. All you can do now is to bow out gracefully. And. Come back again in 2024. If you feel that strongly about it, come back. You lost. It's over. It's done. It's been done. Hey, take the L and walk away and come back another day. It's just that simple. Like I said, I I, I get the, the, like I said, I get the point that they felt the election was rigged. They felt their rights were trampled on. I understand completely. Hey, I get it. But you got to find a better way than what happened yesterday. Now they're saying, hey, let's use the 25th Amendment to get them out and impeach them. Hmm. Haven't you tried this before? It didn't work. And impeaching them, what, 13 days before the, the actual changing over of office happens? That's not going to do anything. That's another colossal waste of taxpayers' money and time. He's on his way out. Impeaching him now is not going to do anything. Hell, you've been trying for four years and you haven't gotten it done. I doubt you're going to do it within the within the time, time span of the next 13 or so days, 12 or 13 days. I seriously doubt you're going to get it done. So the, the idea of using the 25th Amendment to uh, impeach him, yeah, go ahead and waste some more taxpayers' money and time. I already think that everybody's playing this little game. That's what it appears to be. Everyone's playing a game where they not only pick and choose what side they want to be on or... or they pick and choose what they want to fight for, what is right and what is wrong, because I've heard this argument and I've got to totally agree with it. When all the protests were going on in the latter, what this past summer, when they were the, the, the Black Lives Matter uh, protesters were in D.C., they couldn't get anywhere near the White House. They couldn't get anywhere near the, the, the Capitol. They were stopped before they got there. And I'm just trying to wrap my, my head around the fact that you allowed a group of people that you knew. You knew what they perp their purpose was. They have never, never faltered from what they wanted to do. And they told you emphatically that if things didn't go their way, meaning the election wasn't won by President Trump, they were going to raise holy hell. And they did. And you allowed them to just walk down the street, storm the Capitol, disrupt the whole process. So, hey. That's my comparison and contrast. It's ironic, but not ironic. It's funny, but not funny. 
It's just flat out ignorance. I see nothing democratic. I see nothing patriotic by what happened yesterday. It just wasn't. As I said, it was a complete and utter embarrassment to the democratic process. And it's just, I would be ashamed if I participated in that. I would, I, I would really be ashamed. But that's just me. It is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. So. All I can say is I think we we now need to pray more than ever. Prayer. I know a lot of people these days don't don't want to hear the old. Christianity preaching stick. But if we continue down this path, we are in a, we are setting ourselves up for a world of hurt. Just can't allow people just to do what they feel because things didn't go their way. Same way your, your mama and your daddies used to, used to sit down and talk to you or spank you and tell you, hey, this is life. Everything's not going to go your way. You're not going to get what you want when you want it. It's life. Grow up, man up, deal with it. Well, I'm not going to keep you too long this morning. That's just my little spill, my little take on what happened yesterday. I just say to each and every one of you that just pray. Just pray. You have to. You have to pray during these times like this because you're dealing with with people that have literally lost their minds and their way. Well, lost their way, lost their minds, what have you. Pray. Well, that's all for me today. And uh, as always, I want to thank each and every one of you for lending me your ears this morning. I ask that you continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. I would love to hear your voice. Hey, I don't mind hearing people's voice, whether it's negative or positive. I'm not going to storm the Capitol. I'm not going to go on a rant. I'm not going to threaten your life or anything. I'm not that foolish. I'm pretty thick skinned. Trust me. I've, I've, I've been talked about and kicked in the face at every which turn in my life doesn't even fade me anymore. So all I ask is that you offer your feedback. If you can, if you like to, you can also make monetary contributions, continue to follow and listen on anchor, Spotify, Google podcasts, breaker, overcast, pocket cast, and radio public. Hey, this is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. 
The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, January the 7th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Happy New Year to you all. I hope everyone had a wonderful and blessed New Year and will continue to have a wonderful and blessed new year. All right, today's word of the day is devious, which means trickery or deceptive. Hmm. Okay. You know, about a, a week or so ago, I aired a podcast titled Vaccines and the Distrust of African Americans. Well, I have a follow up. And also uh, some exciting news. If you listen, you will remember the story of Henrietta Lacks, who was an African-American female. Sometime around 1951, she went to Johns Hopkins Hospital for to get checked up, checked, to get a checkup or, or to see what was going on with her. She was having some bleeding and discomfort. Well, later on, they found out that she had a form of cancer, but the gist of it was that they took a cell sample or sample from her without her knowledge. And that sample throughout the years has been an integral part of cancer research, AIDS research, polio vaccine, like I I stated in the uh, podcast. But Somehow, in between that, they they found out, of course, her ancestors sometime later, what was going on. Well, Miss Lax is known as the mother of modern medicine because of this just erroneous behavior by the medical profession and science in general. But however, sometime in December, I think it was mid-December, State Representative Kwasi Mafume, and I hope I'm I'm saying his name correctly. I don't mean to butcher anyone's name. However, he's from Maryland's seventh district, seventh district, introduced the bill, introduced a bill that was originally introduced by the late Representative Elijah Cummings in March of 2019. Well, you may be asking, why is this so important? Well, now more than ever. Obviously, because of vaccines. Here's a stat that, that I also found interesting, and I'm going to get back to the to the gist of this, this update, if you will. The American Cancer Society has, has a stat that says that one in five clinical trials fail due to low enrollment of minorities. Well, this legislation that was introduced and passed called the Henrietta Lacks Enhancing Cancer Research Act orders the U.S. Government Accountability Office to investigate actions across federal agencies to address barriers into the participation of underrepresented Americans in federal-funded cancer clinical trials. In fact... The 
The bill requires the Government Accountability Office to provide policy options to deal with these disparities and create more racially inclusive and government-sponsored supported trials. How about that? So that is a step in the right direction. I mean, you know, just like that that elephant, you got to eat it one bite at a time. And, and I think that's just outstanding that they're going to, they have something in place that that, that is going to somehow, way, make more African-Americans feel as though they are a, pro- a part of this process of these clinical trials that one time or another we were left out, if you can say that, weren't thought of. So I, I think it's outstanding. And, and kudos to the to those uh, state representatives from Maryland that, that put this into action after the years and years and decades that went by with little or no remorse or regard or acknowledgement as to what had happened. So hats off. Well, moving along, my Chicago Bears made it to the playoffs. If you could call it that, it's a wild card game. They're going to be playing the New Orleans Saints. Oh, this is as a result, or, or I should say, because of the Los Angeles Rams. That's how the Bears got into the playoffs. They lost. Wait a minute. Are the Rams back in L.A. or in the, are they in St. Louis? Can't remember. I think they're back in L.A. Hell, the Raiders are in Las Vegas. That totally threw me. That just seems awkward. I'm just going to be honest with you. But who am I to say, hey, I hope the Bears pull it off. Like I said before, stranger things have happened, but you never know which Chicago Bears team is going to show up, so you just have to sit back and watch and enjoy the ride, I guess. Okay. Moving on, let's address the elephant in the room. I'm sure we all by now, I shouldn't even say by now, I'm sure we all know what happened yesterday. January 6th, 2021. 14 days before the turnover of power in the U.S. government. What should have been a procedural policy, you know, like tying your shoes. An act that was supposed to, that, that should have been procedural was turned into a complete and utter disregard disrespect for democracy the storming of the capital I can't even it still boggles my mind I mean I was at work I got word of it via social media so I, I mean when 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 this this alert went off if you could say that like most I'm sure uh, I went to the, the social media feed and I, I I saw, I guess that was the beginning of the protest. I had no idea that uh, the president had held a, a uh, 
that gave us the secrets. And they didn't say that was an outright call for rally to start the process or start the storming of the capital. Well, whatever the case may be, And from what I can tell, they literally marched down the street and literally just walked into the Capitol. Some would say they didn't walk, but it kind of looked like they were just, they had free will. So just, most people say they were surprised. I wasn't surprised. I, I really wasn't. But anyway, now... I can remember some four years ago for the, for those that are saying that this was a Republican thing and, and I'm not advocating for Republican or Democrats. Uh, I'm not that person. I don't give rally cries. I don't support any one group. But I can remember some four years ago when the then president elect, elect Donald Trump was about to take office and civil unrest reared his head again. Most have forgot, have forgotten, I should say, about Seattle, Washington. I can remember when, when, when the then president-elect Donald Trump was had won the election and, and, you know, they were going through the process and he was about to take office. Civil unrest came about. Or it was a continuation from um, the latter part of the Obama years. I mean, I don't know if any of you remember Occupy Wall Street. I do. I can remember they, for some strange reason, they, they, they did the Occupy Wall Street and then they left New York and they ended up on the West Coast and Seattle, Washington. And when Trump, when it was announced that Trump was going to be the president or was the president-elect, civil unrest just exploded. Not just there, but, you know, in other parts of the country also. But Seattle, Washington... It exploded, and and if I'm not mistaken, it seems like they there. I can remember there being something said, or or there was a group that took over the city, or a certain part of the city, and and blocked it off, barricaded it off to the point that the police couldn't get down the street, or or no one could, not even those who lived there, or the merchants that work there or the employees or the owners of those businesses, they were cut off. So I, I, the better part of four years, four years, President Trump has spent trying to uh, get him out. I don't know if it, it, I can't remember if, if it ever happened, but I, I can I can swear I heard something about it some months ago when he was saying, hey, let me send in some the National Guard and, and get those groups out of there and the mayor and governor both said no we don't need your help don't want your help so I guess the city is that part of the city is still under under siege so you know like I said Trump has spent the better part of four years trying to oust them but to no avail I say all that to say that you can't convince me that this is just horn in on one political party. Because like I said, as I remember it, 
the protests or civil unrest four years ago was because of Donald Trump being elected president. And that came from what they they termed anarchist or democratic socialist. Uh, somebody even once said that they were uh, Bernie Sanders boys. I can remember that. And then yesterday you have Donald Trump supporters marching down the street in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, and storming, storming the U.S. Capitol. Not only did they storm the U.S. Capitol, they, of course, I guess when you storm, of course, you have to go through and tear up. They breached the floor or, or, or the halls where they were in the process of counting the electoral college votes. What was really supposed to be a procedural act Not only did they disrupt that process, they went into some of the offices, broke in. Broke into some of the offices. Somebody left a note to uh, the speaker, what, Nancy Pelosi. Somebody left a note. We will not, I, I think the note said, we will not be moved. Uh, pretty much we will not be moved. We will not be deterred. We're not going anywhere. I get the premise that you're not happy with what happened during the election and you're not happy with what's going on in the country I clearly get that I understand that I embrace that I embrace your right to do that because it is your right you know it's not just your constitutional right it's your God given right to say yay or nay I support or I don't support so I get that but when you go on a tantrum like what I saw yesterday and I even said it with Black Lives Matter that that all the protests that were going on this summer I, I get it I understand it completely I also get the fact that you may feel that you have to get the elected officials attention but to do that at this point in time when truthfully it's a done deal at this point. Everyone knows that. I don't see how you can you can say somehow, some way, you figure that if you do what, what happened yesterday, it's going to stop the pro- process. It's, it, it, it didn't stop anything. It just slowed it up. I believe they finally counted all of the, the electoral college ballots or, or votes at three... I believe they said they, they finished at 345 this morning. You didn't stop it. You just slowed it down. So what was gained? And now they're saying four people were, one woman was killed. Four were, I think they said, what, four, five were killed? Five people were killed? What, what did you gain? I understand what you were trying to gain, but you didn't gain anything. You lost. And not only did you lose, but you made the whole process, this whole democratic process that you supposedly up, uphold and, and, and want to uphold for as the backbone of your cause or movement, you completely dis- disrupted it. You didn't destroy it, you just disrupted the process. You made the United States look like a third world country. These are things or images that we are accustomed to seeing in foreign lands, far off countries. You, you just don't see that happening 
in the United States. And yesterday we did. It was an embarrassment. I'm just going to be honest and blunt with you. It was a, a total embarrassment. What I saw yesterday, in my opinion, what's the difference between those yesterday and those from four years ago? Nothing. I just saw a bunch of grown-ups that couldn't get their way or felt they hadn't got their way and just threw a temper tantrum like kids in a sandbox fighting over one toy when there's 30 others outside the sandbox and you can easily easily step out, grab you one and step back in. That's what I saw. I saw a bunch of grown folks acting like little kids. That's one aspect. And the other aspect of it What's the what was the what's the difference between those yesterday and what we term on the streets as gangbangers? What's the difference between those Trump supporters and gangbangers? Nothing. But race. One's white, one's black. A thug is a thug. Gang members are gang members. I don't want to hear anything about your little political stance or what you're fighting for or what you think you're fighting for because at the end of the day, you just made a mockery of it and made yourselves look foolish. It was a total and utter embarrassment. I never would have imagined in my 47 years upon this earth that I would have actually seen what I saw yesterday. And like I said, I, I don't do the little political thing where I'm on one side versus the other. What I saw yesterday was just utter disrespectful as a human being, as an adult. I'm sure you could find or we could find a better way to get our points across than that. And to push those officers or, or Capitol Police to the point that they would have to kill someone that's totally uncalled for I don't I don't I don't care anything about you know you, you feel the election was rigged or the election was stolen from you get over it it's done it's been done nothing's going to change all you can do now is to bow out gracefully and come back again in 2024. If you feel that strongly about it, come back. You lost. It's over. It's done. It's been done. Hey, take the L and walk away and come back another day. It's just that simple. Like I said, I, I I get the, the, like I said, I get the point that they felt the election was rigged. They felt their rights were trampled on. I understand completely. Hey, I get it. But you got to find a better way than what happened yesterday. Now they're saying, hey, let's use the 25th Amendment to get them out, impeach them. Hmm. Haven't you tried this before? It didn't work. And impeaching them, what? 13 days before the, the actual changing over of office happens. That's not going to do anything. 
That's another colossal waste of taxpayers' money and time. He's on his way out. Impeaching him now is not going to do anything. Hell, you've been trying for four years and you haven't gotten it done. I doubt you're going to do it within the within the time, time span of the next 13 or so days, 12 or 13 days. I seriously doubt you're going to get it done. So the idea of using the 25th Amendment to uh, impeach him, yeah, go ahead and waste some more taxpayers' money and time. I already think that everybody's playing this little game. That's what it appears to be. Everyone's playing a game where they not only pick and choose what side they want to be on or or they pick and choose what they want to fight for, what is right and what is wrong. Because I've heard this argument and I've got to totally agree with it. When all the protests were going on in the latter, what, this past summer, when they were the, the, the Black Lives Matter uh, protesters were in D.C., they couldn't get anywhere near the White House. They couldn't get anywhere near the, the, the Capitol. They were stopped before they got there. And I'm just trying to wrap my, my head around the fact that you allowed a group of people that you knew, you knew what they perp- their purpose was. They have never, never faltered from what they wanted to do. And they told you emphatically that if things didn't go their way, meaning the election wasn't won by President Trump, they were going to raise holy hell. And they did. And you allowed them to just walk down the street, storm the Capitol. Disrupt the whole process. So, hey, that's my comparison and contrast. It's ironic, but not ironic. It's funny, but not funny. It's just flat out ignorance. I see nothing democratic, I see nothing patriotic by what happened yesterday. It just wasn't. As I said, it was a complete and utter embarrassment to the democratic process. And it's just... I would be ashamed if I participated in that. I would. I, I would really be ashamed. But that's just me. It is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. So all I can say is I think we we now need to pray more than ever. Prayer. I know a lot of people these days don't don't want to hear the old Christianity preaching stick. But if we continue down this path We are in a, we are setting ourselves up for a world of hurt. Just can't allow people just to do what they feel because things didn't go their way. Same way your, your mama and your daddies used to, 
used to sit down and talk to you or spank you and tell you, hey, this is life. Everything's not going to go your way. You're not going to get what you want when you want it. It's life. Grow up. Man up. Deal with it. Well, I'm not going to keep you too long this morning. That's just my little spill, my little take on what happened yesterday. I just say to each and every one of you that just pray. Just pray. You have to. You have to pray during these times like this because you're dealing with with people that have literally lost their minds and their weight. Well, lost their way, lost their minds, what have you. Pray. Well, that's all for me today. And uh, as always, I want to thank each and every one of you for lending me your ears this morning. I ask that you continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. I would love to hear your voice. Hey, I don't mind hearing people's voice, whether it's negative or positive. I'm not going to storm the Capitol. I'm not going to go on a rant. Not going to threaten your life or anything. I'm not that foolish. I'm pretty thick-skinned. Trust me. I've, I've, I've been talked about and kicked in the face at every which turn in my life. Doesn't even fade me anymore. So all I ask is just you offer your feedback if you can, if you like to. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Hey, this is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen. Thank you.